Hey family, welcome to the Kinship Collective Podcast. I am Mark, and we are ending otherness together, sharing stories and musings and reimagining scripture in ways that cultivate kinship and end otherness. A couple things before we get into today's reimagined episode. Last week, we got to share at a local university, and it was incredible. I share that with you to say, if you want to hear or read more about what that was like, you can sign up to our newsletter. The link is in the show notes. We'd love to have you a part of that group of people who stays in touch with what's going on and is a part of our community in that way. Another thing I want to share about is we have been doing our reimagined cohort for the last year or so, and we have experienced so much beauty in it. So many people saying, I never thought I would read scripture again. And not that that's like our motive or our goal, but people experiencing healing around some of these places that they have felt wounded specifically by scripture. There are people who are saying, wow, to have this context is incredible. Taking furious notes, feeling validated in themselves, learning their own agency in scripture, the power and beauty of what it always invited us to, but we just didn't know. And next year, we look forward to having reimagined retreats where we're able to condense some of what we do into a getaway weekend where people from different backgrounds can come together and cook together and play together and grow together and heal together and mature together. If you want to be a part of investing in that future, you can kind of think through a year-end contribution. We In the month of November, we have a $5,000 matching gift. If you would give extra, if you would give above what you already do, or if you become a first-time kind of investor in the work that we do to create content and community that brings us together and ends otherness, we would love to have you do that. Without further ado, here's me. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, and and the, my tone, I can feel my tone and my body shift a little bit. Because today, the question that is kind of governing this reimagined episode is, is this justice or is this genocide? We are about a month removed from the October 7th bombing, the attack on Israel. And we have seen so much happen since then. So much war, so much dead bodies on our phone screens, on our iPads, on our computers, on our screens. We've seen so much devastation from that moment. I was having a meeting with Marissa uh, on the team and she does so much logistical admin support. And I told her, I feel like whatever content we're doing, it just, I feel kind of stupid talking about other stuff right now when this feels so big and it is so big. And we had an incredible conversation with Patty last week and she talked about some of her identity and what it meant for her to be indigenous. But she also kind of talked about some of the social actions she's taking to be in solidarity with the people of Palestine where she's at in Canada. And I know that, you know, our, our mission isn't, you know, um, to create justice in Palestine or justice in Gaza or, or in that region, the Middle East and all those kinds of things. 
But one of the things that's just been on my mind is if this was, I almost feel a little bit embarrassed to say it, but it's, it's just true, which is like, if this was a black body thing and it was thousands of black bodies dead, would I be behaving different? Would I be talking about different things? Would I be acting different? Would my work towards justice be different? All that to say my conversation with Marissa just really landed me in this place of like, I want to just share a little bit about what's on my heart about this, not to completely get away from it because it's just like, it's the thing. And every to, to talk about other things just feels pointless right now. I know that it is not because while there is still, while this is happening so big in the Middle East, there are so many people still having challenges to integrate their identity or to heal from sexual abuse or wounds, right? We need to find healing and therapy and make meaning of the past. And there's so many other things happening, but it just feels true to me to, to share a little bit about where I feel and where I'm at because I know that I'm not the only one where I am trying to do my job, trying to, you know, running from picking up my kids to do, taking them to practice, the meetings in between, meetings on the phone, meetings on Zoom. And all the while, there's just this low-grade kind of situation where I'm just navigating what's happening in the Middle East. And it's not even like my people, it's not my family, but I still feel this angst, this disorientation. And I can't quite, I don't want to quite talk about it too much with my children. I've taken them to a couple social actions and talked a little bit about it, but I don't want to bombard them with this. This isn't, this is the world that they have and this is the world that they are creating a new world within. But I just feel disoriented by that. And I want to share three big ideas about this thing, maybe against the uh, uh, consensus about how you can communicate and how much time you should take communicating. But I have three things that I I want to say to speak into the situation or just to kind of like remind myself and hopefully remind you too about what 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 matters in all of this. And, and, And this is what matters to me. So I'm not trying to tell you what should matter to you. But there are some things that feel true. And the first thing is the, is the very first question that I had, the moment that Israel retaliated the very first time. And retaliation, you know, I don't know if that's a strong word for responding to a bombing in, in your country and, and how do you respond, right? Was this retaliation or response? The first question that came to my mind very early on was, well, who are you becoming in the midst of this? (sighs) Who are you becoming? In an effort to establish your people and protect your people, from where I sit, it seems like you are becoming like the very thing you are trying to quote unquote exterminate or eradicate. This kind of vigilante or a sense of justice that is unique to this group and retaliating in a way that feels like while they took their hundreds, you've taken your thousands. For me to sit on this couch in this office and to say that I haven't lost a family member in the midst of all this, I know that that could feel a bit detached 
I don't say it lightly. I just think to me, that's been one of the biggest questions. Who are you becoming? Who are you becoming in this fight for quote unquote justice? Is this justice or is this genocide? Because to me, in my journey, understanding scripture and in my journey of like life, one of the things that has always been helpful to me has been a Jewish perspective of justice. And when I think about justice, it is not about retributive justice or the kind of justice that is reactionary and based on you've done this. So now we will do this to you in retribution or a reactive justice. The Jewish idea of justice to me has always meant that the, the, the word and I, I can't even recall it right now, super prepared for this podcast. Um, but there's this word that that means that the ground is level. So where one person was really high and another was really low, justice meant that the ground became level. I think about equity. I think about the little the image. If you Google um, justice, equality, equity, you'll see kids at like a fence and there's this image of kids trying to see a baseball game and, and one of them is tall enough so he can see without a box and one of them is too small so he needs a, a box that is three feet tall and one of them is medium sized so he needs a box that's one foot tall but everyone can see over the fence and then some people have adjusted that to say justice is removing the fence or removing the barriers for everyone to participate. I say that to say that the Jewish definition of justice has always meant so much to me. It's been the picture of all boats rising. When the water rises, all the boats rise together. I don't know if you've heard that saying before. But for me, that picture of those who are high and those who are low being able to participate equitably, that has been the Jewish idea of justice. And so for me to have that mindset or that understanding and then to watch what is happening, the question has become, is this, it, I mean, it hasn't, one of the questions is about retributive justice versus restorative justice. What is the purpose? What, what are we working to in all of this reaction? Retributive justice, I, I, I will do unto them as you've done unto me. Restorative justice, what restores equity here? What restores what brings harmony, balance, the values that we're getting after? How can, how can we get to that place? Because for me, what I'm watching feels a lot more like genocide than it feels like justice. And so here I sit in my office. I don't hear the sounds of bombs or bullets whistling or helicopters or tanks rumbling through. I'm not smelling the stench of bodies rotting under concrete. I don't feel the wound of not knowing whether family members are alive or not. Oh, it just feels some type of way to be here and to, to have these things to say. But that's where I am. I, I feel this tension of like, 
oh, how can this be? Look at all of this. And like, what am I to do? And when I land in that place, I am reminded of the kind of cultural intelligence perspective of how do we respond to incidents like this that seem to be ethnically, culturally charged. This is some of the basis for when I talked about the a paradigm for change in episodes past. But there, the, the cultural intelligence response to all of this, to an incident like this, is helpful. What do we do now? What can I do from where I am? So cultural intelligence, they have this, this response to creating change or equity or justice, belonging. It starts with there's an impetus. So all of us, no one has avoided. You've been scrolling on your TikTok, on your Instagram, on your social media, whatever. And you've just, you've been thrust into what's happening because you've seen weeping parents holding dead infant child bodies. There was this impetus. We all became exposed to what is happening and we've all been exposed and the media is covering it. There is something that has made us much more interested in the history of Palestine and Israel than has than, than we were before, at least for me. And a couple episodes ago, Dana talked with us about this, that this, this isn't just a This isn't new to her. She's not interested in this because of this. This is something she's always been interested in because her grandmother, her grandmother ran from violence generations ago. So there's this impetus that makes us all interested in, we all want to do something. The next step that the Center for Cultural Intelligence would tell us to take is education. And I think this is important because many of us, we, we feel educated because we've listened to some of our maybe favorite or more aligned voices. I, I would probably venture to say probably more like an echo chamber, social media, um, you know, the, the algorithms know us. And so it's feeding us what we want to hear or, or what is aligned to who we already are. This process of education, I would say it, it is not the passive whatever the algorithm tells us to learn, kind of seeking out education. That second step is, what do I need to know that I don't know? What do I need? What, what, what can I learn about the history of what's happening here? What can I learn about what is at stake here? What can I learn about the hoped outcomes of both, of both the Palestinians and the Israelis in this moment? But I think This education step is not a passive scrolling on your social media. This is an active pursuing education in spaces. What are my blind spots here? Where are voices that have been doing this work for generations? I was at a soccer game. My my six-year-old had a soccer game. And it looked like three Arab people behind me. I can hear them talking. One of them a professor at USC. Others just talking about what's happening. Who are those people who are doing that work How can you get in tune with those voices? Dana shared with us some of those and we've posted those resources. We can post them again. But your education is let it be proactive and not reactive. So pursue information instead of just having information fed to you by the algorithm. 
one of the challenges with this step is when you've done that education, you may have felt like, oh, I've done something. I know I do a lot of times where I, I want to change in something. There's been an impetus for me to change. I've been provoked. And then I go get educated. I pursue education. I read a couple books. I pursue something. And then I feel like, oh, I'm different now. And I may be different, but I haven't created any movement around me or changed anything. So don't let that feel like the, the last stop on the train for you. But also you don't want to just skip to an action, an educated action now. There's a step in between, which is strategy. And I think what's important here is what do you intend for the outcome of this to be? What is your intention about the outcome? This helps us to think critically about, well, where are my spheres of influence? How are those people influenced? Is me posting something on social media going to do this? Is me saying something controversial at the dinner table going to move the needle? Maybe it will, maybe it doesn't, I don't know. But thinking intentionally about your strategy will allow you to think through some of that. And when you've created a strategy, you've created a goal for an expected outcome on the back end, then you can execute the strategy. This is what I, I want to create awareness. I want people to understand this feeling. I want people to feel something. I want people to know something. I want people to do something. And I, I'm going to work backwards from that to expose people in these ways. I'm thinking intentionally about, well, how can people hear me right now? So once you've created that strategy, then you move to your social action. Then you move to your execution. I think another part of strategy is who around me is doing some of this work already right now. For me, I, I live in Pasadena and my brother, Mark Chase, who's been on the podcast before, has created a, a, a really moving social action. And in their church courtyard, there are pairs of toddler shoes representing children who have died during this conflict. And they put flags in the ground, the colors of Palestinian flags, red, green, white, black. They've put these flags out on the ground and these toddler shoes. And they're going to keep adding toddler shoes to, to represent as the loss, as those numbers go up and up. Who around you is already acting in alignment to your strategy? How can you get involved with what they're doing? I hope that this helps because I think that for me, there's just this sense of like, what can I do? This gives us a, a healthy way to look at that and to a process to work through. Okay, I know I want to do something. How can I educate myself? What is it that I really intend to do here? And then I go about doing that. And hopefully I find some people who are doing similar things around me. We don't have to be powerless. It, it is far away. And it does seem like no matter how many times we call our representatives, no matter what we do, it, you know, this is a situation where it, it really isn't our government. Is, is there's Although the United States government is funding what is happening, which is also really disorienting and frustrating for me. But Israel, you know. It's just the sense that like the, the, we're not ceasing fire. This is about what this is about for us. And so when you set your intention and your strategy, what are your 
expected outcomes? Are those reasonable? Is, do you have a sense of agency or power control actually to do those kinds of things? I say all of this to say that, man, I'm disoriented by this. Man, I'm, I'm looking for solutions. I'm looking around me to see who's up to something that resonates with my strategy, that resonates to my values. And I'm getting involved. And the reason I speak to that, the, the action, because there can be a sense of angst about an unknown future. And we can have a whole bunch of like anxiety, for me at least, anxiety, frustration, overwhelmness about what's happening. But to work this process, I think it, it helps my body know that I'm doing something. And I, I think for me that has created a little less angst because I'm doing something about that future. Instead of sitting back and feeling powerless to it, I am creating the future that I intend to see in the world. However small, however large that strategy looks like. And for me, it has quieted my body a little bit. So I, I would challenge you too. I, I think that's part of some of what happens with the social media stuff where you feel like you're doing something, but because you haven't named a strategy or expected outcome, you're posting things, you're reposting things, but it doesn't, it might not be quieting your anxiety. You might be inviting more conflict into your life, depending on where you're posting, who's responding and how. But creating the right strategy in community with the right people around you, I think will give you, for me, it has given me a sense of like, okay, so yeah, yes, I, I do need to spend a couple hours on emails and the, the operations and this logistic stuff of organizing this and doing this and doing that. And because it, it, it's, there's a sense of self-permission something within my body that knows like, okay, we we're doing our part over here. We can't change all of that on our own, but we are doing what is aligned for us to do. And it gives a sense of peace. Not that like it's all done or whatever, but that, okay, it just removes some of that, that, that sense of guilt or responsibility because I am responding how I am able in alignment to my values and the strategy. So I hope that you will find that same sense of peace as you name what matters to you as you educate yourself, as you get involved in a strategy. <laughs> I don't know how many people this resonates with, but for those of you who are feeling really disoriented about sending emails about marketing campaigns, about Who's going to cover this thing on Friday with Jimmy because, you know, Jimmy's out and now we need somebody to represent us at this event or whatever. Like there's all these things out that we, that we're responsible for. I just hope that this invites you to take your values seriously as you, your, your emotions, your body, what your body is telling you about how you're experiencing all of this. And then it gives you handlebars to say, okay, okay, I know I want to do this. I've educated myself here. These are the people I want to follow. This is, these are a couple of books I still need to read on the midst of this. There's a couple of YouTube videos I want to watch. 
this is what matters to me most in this. This is how I'm going to get about this. And then to do that, and it alleviates some of that internal pressure that your body is saying, hey, we're responsible to do something. Not in a reactionary way, but in a creative, powerful way. May you remember that you are a person of peace, that there is something you can do. May you remember that you are not ultimately responsible for what is happening in the Middle East. May you remember that you can return to faith, hope, and love within yourself. And you can do both. You can continue to execute against the goals right before you for right now, today. And you can be engaged and do what is true to you to see justice in Palestine. Peace and love.